98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government says amendments to censorship guidelines could lead to more films being banned in the SAR. The Carrie Lamb administration rejects a British parliamentary report accusing the SAR of crushing dissent. And an expert urges parents to encourage their children to get the COVID jab so normal school life can resume. Film censors have been ordered to ban any movies deemed to be supporting or glorifying acts that may endanger national security. The government has gazetted changes to the film censorship ordinance to implement the change with immediate effect. Violet Wong reports. Film censors used to vet movies for sex or violence, but now they'll also be responsible for weeding out anything that may endanger national security. A government spokesman says this is part of the government's duty under the Beijing-imposed national security law. Specifically, any content within movies that are deemed to be objectively and reasonably capable of being perceived as endorsing, supporting, promoting, glorifying, encouraging or inciting any acts that may amount to a national security offence will not be allowed. The spokesman said such films will be banned from being shown if the censors decide that it has an effect on viewers that may endanger national security and that a balance between the freedom of expression and the need to protect the interests of society must be struck. Pro-government figures have been railing against the public screenings of films deemed to glorify protesters in the 2019 unrest, saying they may fall afoul of the national security law. A British parliamentary report on Hong Kong has described a pattern of behaviour from July to December last year that it says was intended to crush dissent. The government here responded, calling the claims inaccurate and misleading. Carolyn Wright reports. During the six months from July to December, the national security law was imposed by Beijing on Hong Kong. But the British report says it's not being used for its original purpose to target just a tiny number of criminals who endanger national security. Rather, it's being used to stifle political opposition with the mass arrests of pro-democracy figures, including media tycoon Jimmy Lai. The report also says Beijing acted unilaterally on electoral changes here, reversing its promise of progress towards universal suffrage and further hollowing out the Legislative Council. It said Beijing's efforts to enforce patriotism were further extended to oath-taking for civil servants, creating new and arbitrary reasons for dismissal. It highlighted the UK government's response of giving a new immigration route for Hong Kong people with BNO passports, suspending its extradition treaty and extending an arms embargo to cover Hong Kong. The government here, meanwhile, responded by saying electoral changes were timely and necessary as anti-China forces had created chaos in LegCo, paralysed the operation of the government and colluded with external forces to undermine Hong Kong. It said no government could turn a blind eye to such dangers. A sociologist says parents should encourage their children to get vaccinated against COVID-19 because a normal school life will benefit their development. Lee Chun-Wing from Polytechnic University was commenting after the government reduced the eligible age for a BioNTech jab from 16 to 12. Children aged between 12 and 15 can book an appointment from today with injections starting Monday. Mr Lee said it should help boost up vaccine uptake. It's important for parents to encourage their children to do that because we need so-called normal school life to improve the teaching quality. And also it only benefits 
the development of students if you keep having online education, if we cannot have our normal school life. I think the students are paying the price of all the social distancing measures. A government vaccine advisor has suggested schools offer students up to three days holiday if they have a COVID jab. Francis Sit reports. Professor Lau Yulong from the University of Hong Kong says students should rest after the injection and avoid joining sporting activities for a week. He said there was a rare possibility that teenagers, especially boys, could develop a mild heart inflammation within four days of the second dose. He says students should seek medical advice if they have heart problems, such as shortness of breath or a rapid heartbeat. Meanwhile, a secondary school principal has questioned the government's plan for local schools to resume full-day classes on campus if around 70% of teachers and pupils are vaccinated. Tai Tuk Ching, chair of the Wan Chai District Headmasters Conference, says schools had half-day classes because of the infection risk of having students eat lunch together. The co-chair of the Gay Games is urging Hong Kong people to take part in what he called a once-in-a-lifetime event that's being hosted in Asia for the first time. Dennis Phillips said they expected 12,000 participants and 75,000 spectators to attend the nine-day event scheduled for November next year. The Gay Games started in San Francisco in 1982 and is held every four years. Mr. Lips said, Mr. Phillips said it was open to all and contingency plans were in place in case of it was waylaid by the pandemic. We just opened our pre-registration uh, last couple of weeks ago, and we have already more than 1,000 people all around the world, but also lots of people from Hong Kong who did the pre-registration. And that really tells us that people are really excited about this event in the community to come to Hong mm. Kong. So if you're interested, go to our website, pre-register, and get involved, because this is a once-in-our-lifetime event in Hong Kong. It will never come again here. In four years' time, it will be somewhere else. So get involved and be part of this uh, amazing event. The new head of Amnesty International has accused the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres of failing in his mandate. Agnes Kalamad strongly criticised Mr Guterres for his stance on the repression of Uyghur Muslims in China's Xinjiang province. He has not denounced the situation. He has not called for an international investigation. So in my view, in the view of Amnesty International, the Secretary General of the UN is failing. It is incumbent upon him not to stay silent in front of crimes against humanity. Amnesty's latest report on Xinjiang says mass internment and torture are common. China denies accusations of human rights abuses there. Britain and the United States have announced plans to deliver coronavirus vaccines to some of the world's poorest countries in the next few weeks. Speaking ahead of the G7 meeting, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the UK would donate 100 million doses over the coming year. Earlier, President Biden promised half a billion BioNTech jabs to fight the pandemic. It is in all of our interest to have the global economy begin to recover as well. And that won't happen unless we can get this pandemic under control worldwide. That's why... America will be the arsenal of vaccines in our fight against COVID-19, just as America was the arsenal of democracy during World War II. A new coronavirus lockdown has been announced in the Chilean capital, Santiago, even though more than half of the country's population has been fully vaccinated. Here's the BBC's Jane Chambers. Even though almost 60% of the country has received both their doses, more than 7 million residents in Santiago are going back into lockdown on Saturday. The government says it's the only way to bring the number of cases down. Infection rates have been soaring in the last few weeks, peaking at around 8,000 new cases per day, which is close to record levels. 
As chilly goes into the cold winter months, intensive care units are overwhelmed. The vast majority of new COVID infections are among those who haven't been fully vaccinated. Health officials in Fiji have warned of a severe nationwide outbreak of the coronavirus as the Pacific Island country battles some of the highest case numbers it's seen. The health ministry has urged residents in and around the capital Suva to be cautious, saying they've never been at higher risk. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Fiji went a year without recording any community transmission of COVID-19 until April. More than 800 cases have been recorded since then, as the authorities struggle to contain the virus on the main island of Viti Levu. Almost 100 infections were reported on Tuesday. Many quarantine facilities are full, forcing patients to isolate at home. Fiji's parliament has had to close. The outbreak is linked to the highly infectious Delta strain. Researchers in Britain say intense exercise increases the risk of motor neurone disease in people who are genetically vulnerable. The condition can dramatically shorten people's lives, affecting their ability to move, talk and even breathe. Here's the BBC's James Gallagher. Exercise is clearly good for our health and motor neurone disease is rare. But in a series of genetic analyses, the researchers say they have conclusively shown regular and strenuous exercise is a risk factor and that the number of high-profile athletes with the disease is not a coincidence. The study, published in eBioMedicine, argues intense exercise can put motor neurons into distress by depriving them of oxygen. They argue this could cause damage in at-risk people and lead to the devastating disease. A new study has found almost half the plastic polluting the seas comes from takeaway food and drinks. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. Scientists from the University of Cadiz in Spain analysed data on 12 million pieces of litter found in waters across the world. They were surprised to find that almost half of the plastic came from takeaway and convenience food and drinks, including drink bottles, food containers, wrappers and knives and forks. Measures to cut plastic pollution have focused on the likes of straws, cotton buds and drink stirrers. The researchers recommend also tackling plastic from takeout food and drink, which is often discarded outdoors after being used for only a very short time. Finance now and in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.37 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 99 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,852, 114 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. Tennis now, world number one Novak Djokovic takes on the defending champion Rafael Nadal in tonight's French Open semi-finals. They've played each other 57 times. Djokovic leads 29-28, although Nadal has won their last two meetings, including last year's French Open final. Nadal says there are good and bad points to playing someone he knows so well. You know, it's a big challenge and that's something that uh, is good because in some way uh, we are practicing, we are living the sport or this sport for these moments. So that's uh, a good thing. The negative thing is it's difficult because you play against one of the best players of the history. The winner there will play Stefan Tsitsipas or Alexander Zverev in Sunday's men's final. The women's final features the Czech player Barbara Krejčíková versus Russia's Anastasia Pavlochenkova. Both are playing in a Grand Slam final for the first time. Krejčíková needed five match points to get past the Greek 17th seed Maria Sakkari 7-5-4-6-9-7 in a match that lasted over three hours. 
Pavluchenko and had a more straightforward two-set win, beating Slovenia's Tamara Zidansek 7-5-6-3. She says being one more win from lifting her first major is a dream come true. 14-year-old me would tell me, like, what took you so long? Um, like it's been a long road. Um, I would love to go further and to get more. Um, I'm happy, but I uh, still focusing. I feel like I can do better. Maybe uh, that's what I want at least. But definitely trying to soak this in and enjoy as much as possible this very special moment for me. Football fans have the option of staying up late tonight to cheer Hong Kong. The men's team resume their World Cup qualifying campaign with a match against group leaders Iraq. The game in Bahrain kicks off at half past midnight Hong Kong time. While progression is out of reach, Hong Kong have their sights on a strong fourth-placed finish in order to qualify for the 2023 Asian Cup. With a preview of tonight's game, our football commentator Chris K. L. Lau. Hong Kong coach Mixu Patalainen and his players now face Iraq team who are unbeaten in 18 games and have conceded only three goals in the last six games. And to make things a bit tougher, Iraq's top defender Saad Natik is also back from suspension. If Hong Kong simply sit back with everyone behind the ball, then Iraq will eventually find a way through. I expect Hong Kong to again be defensive-minded and try and break forward. So expect a 4-4-2 or a 4-5-1. This means that whoever is the lead striker for Hong Kong will most likely be isolated up front. For example, Matt Orr in the last game against Iran was sometimes taking on six defenders by himself. Lastly, Iraq's attacking threat comes in the form of Ayman Hussein, the highest scorer in the Iraqi league, and Bashar Rassan Bayan, who also plays for the club Qatar SC. Also kicking off tonight is football's Euro 2020. The opening match features Italy versus Turkey at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. That's it for 3am Hong Kong time. Pope Francis offered his blessings for the tournament that was delayed by a year by the pandemic. Here's the UEFA president Alexander Seferin thanking the Pope for being a football fan. Football is charity. Football is coming. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for loving football. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for doing everything what you are doing uh, we respect you very much, all of us, all our organization. Thank you. Thank you. Ice hockey now, and Alex Pietrangelo delivered a goal and an assist as the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Colorado Avalanche 6-3 to reach the NHL playoff semifinals. The Golden Knights, who won the final four games of the series, will play the Montreal Canadiens in the semifinals. The reigning champion Tampa Bay Lightning will take on the New York Islanders in the other semifinal series for a place in the Stanley Cup final. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government says amendments to censorship guidelines could lead to more films being banned in the SAR. The Carrie Lam administration rejects a British parliamentary report accusing the SAR of crushing dissent. And an expert urges parents to encourage their children to get the COVID jab so normal life at school can resume. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 11th of June is today's date. A big thank you to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. We have a busy program today. After the 2 o'clock news, it's the Agenda Cafe. And this afternoon, we'll be talking about divorce and also the intricacies of family relocation during COVID. And Karen Coe and myself will be discussing this topic with Billy Coe, who's a partner with the family team at law firm Withers, who advises on all aspects of family law, including divorce and separation, nuptial agreements, children's custody, and also complex financial disputes. And we also uh, hope to be joined by you. If you'd like to weigh in on this uh, discussion, then feel free to do so. We hope to bring you that in.